The following is a production of Different Brains. Visit us at differentbrains.org. Hello and welcome to Spectrumly Speaking. I'm Dr. Kate Cody, a licensed clinical psychologist who practices in New York City. I work with kids through adults on the autism spectrum, offering diagnostic evaluations and uh, therapy services. Um, my regular co-host, Becca, is going to be out for a couple of episodes, so I'm joined here today by a special guest host, Haley Moss. Hi, everyone. I'm Haley Moss. I am an attorney on the autism spectrum. I'm also the author of two books, Middle School, The Stuff Nobody Tells You About, and a freshman survival guide for college students with autism spectrum disorders. In addition to that, I am also an artist, and I am very, very excited to be here. Good to be with you, Kate. Yes, it's great to have you, Haley. I'm so excited. We had so much fun with your interview not that long ago, so it's, it's a lot of fun to have you join me today in Becca's absence. I'm definitely really excited to be here and to get to join you. I had so much fun when I was a guest on the show, and it's so exciting to be back. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's it's awesome to have you back. And, you know, I think it's really going to be a fun um, opportunity for us to get to know each other better, since I know you, you already know Becca a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, we're, I think, how, I guess, how's your April been so far since we're recording this in April and we were just talking about how April can be a very busy month? Definitely is busy. It's busy here locally and outside of here. So I've actually been traveling. I went to Jacksonville, Florida this past weekend for an event called the Run Walk Stim, which was really, really exciting. And I got to meet some other adults and people on the spectrum and there was all sorts of sensory friendly activities in addition to a 5k and I got to speak. It was a ton of fun. And the rest of April involves a little bit more traveling, some more writing, some more talking, just really trying to spread the word and hoping to change the conversation for the better. So I see April as a positive and it's a way to get people talking and hopefully moving things in the right direction while we have neurotypical attention. Yeah, no, I definitely can see that. Um, I know I'm, I, it's funny, my uh, conference that I almost always speak at happens to be scheduled for the first weekend of May this year. So I feel like my, my April, while it's busy in other ways, is not kind of ramped up to like the busyness of um, typical April experience, you know, just yet, but it, but it will be there soon. Um, All right, I am very excited. Today, our guest joining us is Ada Hoffman. Ada is the author of the upcoming book, The Outside, to be published by Angry Robot Books in June 2019, and Monsters in My Mind, published by Neuroqueer Books in October 2017, as well as over 60 published speculative short stories and poems. She also writes the Autistic Book Party Review series. Ada is a Canadian computer scientist who was diagnosed with Asperger's syndrome at the age of 13. Welcome to the show, Ada. Hi, it is great to be here. Yes, we are so happy to have you. Um, so as we always like to start with our guests, how did you become involved in the autism community? Well, as you just uh, read out in the bio of me, I was diagnosed with Asperger's when I was 13. And I was the first person in my family to be diagnosed, although eventually not the only one. Um, but it was, it was a bit of a delay between that and between really um, getting into the autism community in terms of people who are 
talking about autism and doing activism around autism online, in some ways that didn't really happen to me until I'd already been writing about autism myself for a bit. That's awesome. How long have you been writing and what in particular got you involved in speculative fiction? Well, I mean, in some sense, I've been writing my entire life. Um, I was hyperlexic as a child, and when I was five, I would go on the computer and write these little stories that were one paragraph long, and they were all about dinosaurs. Um, but um, I started writing for publication in about 2009 or so, so about 10 years now. Um, and the reason I write speculative fiction is really just because that's what I grew up around. My parents were very big speculative fiction fans. And that was the books I was reading and the media I was immersed in my whole life. And it's a genre I very much enjoy. I like using my imagination um, to help me just go to some place that's a little bit different um, from the usual. I really enjoy that. Definitely. I think it's really awesome getting to use your imagination as well. Can you just remind our reader, our viewers and listeners what speculative fiction is, just so everyone's clear? All right. So speculative fiction is primarily science fiction and fantasy, as well as a few other um, smaller connected genres, such as magic realism. But um, basically, speculative fiction, what ties all those genres together is that it's fiction set in not in the real world in some way. So we're imagining, we're writing this fiction and we're imagining that the world is some place or some time or in some way different. Great, thank you so much for that clarification. Um, I think that'll help our listeners to kind of know, you know, have a frame of reference. Could you tell us a little bit about the Autistic Book Party series and how that got started? Okay, so um, Autistic Book Party started, I think, around 2011-ish, and this was when I'd, I'd started writing for publication, and I'd started um, having a few stories published, but I was still very, um, very new to it and very small, and I, I had um, a blog that I was writing, but I wasn't sure exactly what to put on it other than I'm an author and I'm writing stories, <laughs> I don't know. Um, but um, there was this uh, short story that um, came out, not written by me, it was called Movement. And it was, it was a short story that people were, it was nominated for some awards and people were saying, oh, this is such a great story with its depiction of autism, except it wasn't, it was like, it was this very dehumanizing kind of story, really. And so I just posted the small rant about the story on my blog. And all of a sudden, um, Jim C. Hines, who is a quite famous um, science fiction author, um, posted a link to my rant on his blog because he actually has an autistic son, I believe. And all of a sudden, all these people were coming in. and looking at what I'd written about this autism story and being like, yes, thank you. Or being like, well, what do you think about, tell me more. What do you think about this story or that story or this TV show? And I suddenly realized that this was a thing that I had expertise to talk about that people wanted to hear about. There was a niche for me here and people were actually interested in my 
random opinions of autism stories. And so I decided this is something interest that I'm interested in. Let's do a bit more of it. Um, and so I started the Autistic Book Party, which is a series of book reviews. And any uh, speculative fiction book that either has an autistic character or that is written by an autistic author or both um, can be featured on this series. And I just write um, a fairly long in-depth review of how autism is portrayed in that story and whether it's good or bad or in what ways and why. And that's what I do. I love that. I think it is so important to talk about autism representation, especially in fiction, especially when we look at popular media, stories, television, movies, etc. So my question for you is, do you feel that autistic characters are especially suited for the subgenre of speculative fiction? You know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I would say that there's one genre that's really better suited to autistic characters than others. I think there are so many different kinds of autistic people and there are so many autistic people with different interests that I really think autistic people can and should be represented well in every genre. The reason I focus on speculative fiction particularly is because that's what I've always enjoyed um, and it's what I'm most interested in and know the most about and so that's what I'm interested in doing. Definitely agree with you on that. I do think that when we that when you say that we're represented everywhere, that is so, so important. Do you think that a lot of speculative fiction gets autism right? Because I know other types of fiction, such as sitcoms, at least if you ask me, I don't think they always get it right. Do you see that they're getting it right more so in your subgenre than what we see in more popular media? Well, you know, I do see some depictions in speculative fiction that do get it right. Sometimes even authors who aren't autistic, but who have taken the time to research and get it right. And I'm encouraged by that. But of course, there's also still a lot of people who really don't. Um, I'm not sure what I would say about the rates of getting it right here versus in other genres, but I know there is some interest in, there's some interest in the topic um, in the speculative fiction community, and especially between people who are interested in social justice and all kinds of representation inside speculative fiction. Um, autism and neurodiversity are becoming a bigger and more um, recognized part of that. Ada, you have also studied computer-generated poetry and the evaluation of computational creativity. Could you talk a little bit about that and kind of maybe offer um, some insight about what that is for our listeners and, and talk about why that's an interest of study for you? Okay, so computational creativity is what but I studied in graduate school, which I actually only recently graduated from graduate school. Now I have a PhD, which is very exciting. Um, so this is completely separate, really, from my speculative fiction career. But um, what happened is that I'm studying computer science, and um, I became interested in the idea of it's kind of a subset of artificial intelligence, because when we're studying artificial intelligence, we are interested in questions like, you know, there are these different mental tasks that humans can do as part of their work or as part of their day or even automatically. And how do we get a computer to do those things? And so one of these questions within artificial intelligence is how can a computer be creative? How can a, creati how can a computer use creativity either um, 
either to create artistic works of its own or maybe just in a simpler way, maybe a computer can employ creative problem solving. Uh, maybe a computer can evaluate creative works the way humans do. And so this is a, this is really a, um, this is really a subset of artificial intelligence, which is still in its beginning stages. None of us really know what we're doing, but it's something that appeals to me because it merges so many of my interests. I like computer science, but I like it best when it's interdisciplinary and when there's a creative side to it and when you can do something a little bit different and goofy with it. Um, and so this topic of research was um, just a really um, nice confluence of things for me to focus I think it's on. Interesting when you're talking about artificial intelligence as well, because it's something that we're starting to talk about. I'm in the legal field, and it's something that's very new to us in that computers will be able to analyze and be able to cross creative arguments for judges and even produce what can happen in a hearing and come up with different legal theories. And that's a form of creativity in itself. So I find what you're doing as well when it does come to artificial intelligence and computational creativity to be incredibly interesting. And it definitely is a very interdisciplinary approach, like you're saying. Yes. That being said, can you tell us where our listeners can find out more about you and your work? Um, well, if you would like to check out my writing and my Autistic Book Party book reviews, um, the easiest way to do that is to go to adahoffman.com. I have my author website there, and there I have my bibliography and an index of all my reviews and anything else you might need when you're checking out my work. Great. Thank you so much, Ada. So to kind of follow up on um, the discussion based on, on kind of some of the things that you highlighted um, when you were discussing um, your reviews of speculative fiction, we thought for today, our discussion segment, um, we could really just talk about in general how fictional characters and relatable media presentations kind of have helped um, anyone kind of growing up or even helped as an adult. Um, and I don't know, when I was thinking about this, um, it was interesting for me as a woman, you know, thinking about the fact that there's not even a lot of historically really strong, you know, independent, creative women who are represented in literature or stories, you know, separate from even the speculative fiction genre that you were talking about. So it was interesting thinking about it from a neurotypical framework as well as from an ASD framework, like how this is, I think, you know, there's not enough of this. Right, and I think that I think that on a gender axis, I was actually uh, very fortunate growing up because my parents were aware of this, and so my parents were always giving me things to read that that did have um, strong female protagonists, even from an early age. So, for example, I when I was very little, I wanted to be an astronaut, and so my parents would just shower me in all the books they could find about female astronauts. Mm -hmm. um, so. Um, so I, I had less of that problem on a gender axis than some people did. Um, I identified very strongly. Um, I didn't know I was autistic until I was 13, but even before that, I identified very strongly with the archetype of, you know, just the the smart girl who shows up in stories like Hermione Granger from mm -hmm. Harry Potter, for instance. Oh my God. I identified so hard with Hermione as a kid. Yes. It was a very large part of my childhood and was also part of how I found out that I was autistic. So I have a lot of feelings about Harry Potter. 
I was Hermione Granger for Halloween for many, many years. I was always compared to a Hermione growing up. So I have a lot of feelings. And I think when we do talk about strong female characters, I always think of Hermione Granger as one of the first that really mattered to me. You know, it's funny because I realize as we're talking, I'm definitely older than you guys because my frame of reference is Anne of Green Gables and Joe March from Little Women. <laughs> um, <laughs> because uh, Hermione didn't exist until I was, I was older. I think I was a teenager when those books started to come out, but I kind of missed, I read them later as an adult, but I missed like that window of them being, of those uh, Hermione kind of being like a, forming character for me so yeah I really had Anne and Joe March as my as my kind of key characters <laughs> I mean I mean I I'm in my 20s I grew up with Hermione probably when I was about 9 10 11 maybe a little bit younger but that's when the movies were all coming out too mm-hmm. so even when the movies came out it was so nice to see someone like like me so to speak on screen even though I know I don't think Hermione is on the spectrum but I found her to be so relatable and the more I learned about Emma Watson as she started growing older too, so the actors that played Hermione in all the movies, I felt like I could relate to her because Emma Watson was also a smart girl. She wasn't just another actress from Hollywood. She was fr- from another country, so she's from the UK, and she went to Brown University, and I thought it was so cool that here's an actress that isn't just some stereotype of some dim-witted just Hollywood star, and here's someone who's going to an Ivy League university and studying real stuff. I thought knowing that Hermione was also kind of Hermione in real life. That was really cool when I was growing up. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I think that, you know, when you think about kind of like fictional characters and being able to really, like it, it provides a really nice escape when you can find characters that you identify with and be like, oh, there's some, there's some kind of connection out there for me, even if I'm not experiencing it right now in everyday life. Um, regardless of kind of why you identify with those characters. Um, So I think that that's a huge part of kind of why making sure we have more and more reliable representations um, of all different kinds of people in media um, is so important. Definitely. I personally am really looking forward to the day that I see more autistic women on screen. Mm -hmm. I was talking about this not too long ago. I don't feel like I've seen that many of us in movies or TV. And I know for the very first time on TV, we're getting a show on Freeform called Everything's Gonna Be Okay. And it's about a family. And one of the characters is a 17-year-old girl who's autistic. And her actress that's playing her happens to be autistic. So oh, I'm really, really hoping it's a good... I'm hoping it's a good representation. I haven't seen anything for the show yet, but the actress just told everyone she's on the spectrum like two weeks ago or so. And I was so excited about it. And I really hope that the show is well done, but at the very least, at least the actress is going to be relatable. Yeah. I mean, I think I agree. There hasn't been enough, um, you know, with having people who are on the spectrum playing um, characters who are also on the spectrum. Right. And um, I know Mm -hmm. um, there was a film that came out, I guess now it's been out for a couple of years um, called keep the change um, that it really it made kind of the um, the film festival circuit and it was, it got a lot of recognition. Um, and while the script was written by someone who is not on the spectrum, it was written in collaboration with um, the group of, uh, in the cast that are all primarily individuals on the spectrum. 
Um, and they're all playing, you know, people on the spectrum, but they're definitely not playing themselves. They are playing characters. And it's really, it was, it's a phenomenal film. Um, and a major shout out to Rachel Israel, um, just in case. Um, she, you guys haven't heard of that film. It's, it's worth a watch. I'm going to have to check that out. Um, all right. Well, I think that about wraps up our discussion for today. So remember, um, if anyone is looking for Ada Hoffman, you can find her online at adahoffman.com or on Twitter at um, X-A-S-Y-M-P-T-O-T-E. Um, Sorry, that's, the, that's the word asymptote, which is a math word, but then just with an X. On with the an part. X. So yeah. yes. that's, that's what I was about to say. I'm like, I think it was. I think I remember that very vaguely from calculus. There was the x asymptote and the y asymptote. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> so you can find. It's been a couple years. You can find uh, um, Ada on Twitter at x asymptote. Um, I should or, probably get a better Twitter handle at some point. <laughs> well, I just wanted to make sure people knew how to spell it. That yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, or you can look for her on Patreon. Um, be sure to check out differentbrains.org and check out their Twitter and Instagram at differentbrains and look for them on Facebook. If you're looking for me, I can be found um, at my website www.spectrumpsychservices.com or via email drcody at spectrumpsychservices.com. If you're looking for Haley, you can contact her. You can find me at haleymoss.net. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at haleymossart. Like, like Ada, I too would like a new username because art is not just all of who I am, but I couldn't find at Haley Moss. So it is at Haley Moss Art. And you can also find me on Facebook or through email at HaleyMossArt at gmail.com. Please be sure to subscribe and rate us on iTunes. And don't hesitate to send questions to SpectrumlySpeaking at gmail.com. And let's keep the conversation going. Spectrumly Speaking is a production of Different Brains. For more information, visit us at differentbrains.org.